Nine minutes it is before 8 p.m. You tuned in to uh, Metro FM Talk here on the Mighty Metro. And I was saying, just as we were starting, I mean, uh, the Central Bank celebrating tomorrow the centenary and uh, also mentioned the Chinese and South African Communist Party is also celebrating that. And uh, yeah, uh, Ezekiel Kekana on Twitter, thank you very much for reminding me. Uh, yes, my alma mater and uh, yeah, my employer in another capacity is uh, also celebrating a centenary this year, and that's the University of the Vatvatis Front. So, Asanili Balanga Dozobao out there at, uh, what is it, what do they say now? It's for good. Uh, we certainly haven't uh, forgotten about that one. But uh, we head into our wrap of the top business stories, and uh, as always, a pleasure to catch up uh, with uh, my guest this evening, Chief Investment Officer at Markwe Fund Managers, and that's Markwe Masilele. Exebrur, what's here, Ah, see, sweet no smog or safe, my brother. Makwe, I want us to start there with Facebook and uh, what came out of the courts in the U.S. I mean, we've certainly been following this particular story and uh, certainly an interesting one here for us uh, when we think about competition law and policy and uh, what in the U.S. they call antitrust. Uh, and it seems, yeah, the uh, prosecution yeah, hasn't done a good enough job to firstly define what the personal social networking market actually is. Definitely. And also, I think what worked against them, so far, their antitrust laws have been narrowed. Hence, there is this huge push when it comes to the lawmakers to make sure that they come with amendments. Apparently, there are six bills or so to be able to address that. Because with the current laws, then definitely going to struggle to deal with the likes of your Amazons, all these tech giants. And we know that it has been one of those issues that Joe Biden wants to address, the likes of Amazon, Alphabet, Apple, and including Facebook. But with the current antitrust laws, then they're going to have a struggle. And I think maybe one has to just give a picture that this is all about mainly the deals that happened in 2012 and in 2014. Remember in 2012, they paid almost a billion US dollars to buy Instagram. Then two years later, they paid almost 19 billion to buy WhatsApp. So that's saying Facebook as is now. It's dominating, it's monopolizing. So hence that needs to be addressed. And yes, for them, for that case to be thrown out, hey, it made Facebook a $1 trillion U.S. company. And that's almost six of them, which are worth around almost a trillion U.S. dollars. Mm, mm, mm. And I mean, when you think about this particular case, I think a lot of people who were in support of the position that Facebook didn't have the market dominance that the Fed was suggesting uh, are already signaling victory in this particular case. But my reading of what's been suggested here certainly doesn't suggest that, uh, but uh, suggests the court saying, look, go back actually do your work properly to prove your case. And your case is probably on two fronts. One, uh, Mm -hmm. you have to first define the market we're talking about here. But also the second part is not just about saying, hey, these guys have the largest market share, but you also have to prove that they've used that market power to keep out others. And, you know, yes, they've got 30 days to do that, you know, but it's not, it's still going to be a tall order. Mm. Because in the first instance, how do you put a case like that? Because here we're not talking about, I are trying to sue Facebook. It's almost more than 40 states, you know, who've been joining into that whole thing. So how don't you even prove, you know, 
that this is the rent value or the dollar value or the percentage that we're talking about. Instead, people should be having maybe a different kind of discussion that, listen, guys, we are not 80% market dominant. Probably we are 60%. You don't even have that in the first instance. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how will they able to come. Because for me, okay, I'm not a legal expert, but <laughs> logic tells me that these are some of the important things that you must demonstrate when you say so-and-so is a dominant players monopolizing. Please cut it, dissect the market for us and show us that this is the kind of percentage that they dominate or they own in the market. Hmm. Yeah, it's uh, certainly one it of those. It could have been done all along. Yeah, know? but I, I yeah, I just also think they they got uh, you know taken in by the hype um, mm, and and probably. all of the grillings by Congress of some of the big players there gave them and a remember, sense that their case is already proved. Sorry. Mm. These companies, companies, unfortunately, when it comes to Europe, they've been fined, they've got penalties, Mm. stuff like that. So you're right, the hype has been there, you know, when it comes to tech companies that is, when it comes to advertising stories, stuff like that, you know. So I agree with you that maybe it was more of a hype. The guys didn't do their homework properly. But hey, they've got 30 days to come out right. Yeah, yeah. Makwet, let's uh, take a look at another story that I certainly found interesting. And uh, that's uh, the story uh, that came out of the uh, quarterly bulletin of the South African Reserve Bank. Now, I was saying when we started the show that they celebrate their centenary this year, 100 years uh, of the South African Central Bank. And uh, you would know, I mean, every quarter they put out this bulletin uh, that looks at the state of play in particular of the sort of financially facing uh, um, parts of our economy. And, uh, you know, uh, they also a regulator of the banks in that space. So you would understand why they would do this. Uh, And this time around, they're flagging the opportunity cost of rising debt service costs. Now, they're suggesting that, you know, this is the highest growing item in the budget from a fiscal perspective. And the more it grows, the more it crowds out spending in particular capital spending that could have been put to building roads, building pipelines, building, you know, uh, schools, building much needed infrastructure where it's needed the most. You know, those who follow the budget, they'll probably understand this better. I mm. mean, if you spend plus minus 232 billion to service, you are not even repaying mm. the capital. You are just paying interest, you know. Mm. Mm. You know, that's quite huge and i think it's more than a 13 percent increase compared to the previous year and that has explained why Tito at some point has been telling us that we borrow over i don't know how many millions or a billion a day to service our debt so that's unsustainable whether it's for government or a company or individual if your interest repayments are that high because you still have to pay back that capital and mm. sure that money could be used for other things, uh, whether it's for roads or schools or health, whatever it is. And also, uh, it's telling you that when it comes to our debt to GDP ratio, will also continue to go high. And you know, the minute that I happens, that gets to be negative for your mm. currency because you rely on this hot money to come and help you when it comes to that. And we know with this hot money, people can decide not to buy your stocks, your bonds at the click of a button. A small irritation mm. can lead into a lot of outflows because you don't even have the good uh, financial, what do you call it, foreign direct investment. So yes, they are highlighting a point that it is well known 
The Reserve Bank knows that, the Treasury knows all that, that this is not the right thing to do. But mm. yes, it has to come to a point where we can find a way to address it. And we all know that the only way to deal with that is to make sure that you have good, sustainable economic growth because you know the multiply effect. Yes. Companies will grow, collect more revenue, stuff like that, you know. And I think for now we're still fortunate because most of our debt is still rent to dominate. Yes, about 90% it's of it, not. it no? About 90% of it. Yes, so mm. still rent dominated. So we're still but up until when? You know, you know, Marco, I guess the other interesting implication in this for me, and uh, you would know, I mean, I'm, I'm certainly no fan of austerity uh, sure. or fiscal consolidation by any stretch of the imagination. But there's yeah. something that, uh, you know, finance minister said, um, and I don't know if it was one of the MTBPSs or even uh, the budget, which I felt mm-hmm. I, I can definitely agree with. And uh, so it was quite notable because Nabil, uh, you know, some of the things I would I would agree with him on. But sure. but But the one thing that he raises is that if you think that you are in the most unequal society in the world, there's a certain distributional consequence of higher debt service costs. So in effect, what you're doing is you're filtering money, state money, upwards. So bondholders in the main are probably much richer than somebody you know, who's sitting in Guamshanga in a four-roomed house, you know, uh, who's in need of the much-needed investment in infrastructure, be it roads or whatever, in their community. But what debt service costs in this increasing trend means is that more and more of every rand that you have to spend as a government is effectively going to very affluent bondholders that have lent you money um, to to run some of the deficits that you've had over the last few decades or so. And I guess you can't really squabble with that implication because it's there. It's true. I mean, uh, if you think about the class of people who, who hold sovereign debt, it's not you and me. Not true. And it's got a point. I agree with you, you know. And that, to some, at some point, we have to make sure that we address it. It comes to an halt. And as you are saying, you know, <laughs> you the, the bond players, you know, they love our markets. They love our state-owned enterprises, especially the likes of ESCOM. Because how will you go wrong if you're a bond holder of an ESCOM bond? Because you've got the backing of the government itself. Should they not be able to pay you, then government will step in. So this is a nice investment. You just buy that with your eyes closed. You know you are guaranteed. You know you are repayment. Look what happened to the land bank issue when the guys defaulted. First, you didn't have issues. We know the government has to come into play. Or else there'll be some ripple effects which will be negative. So Tito is right. He's got the point that, yes, the guys who could afford to buy mm. those kind of bonds. And I think people need to understand at home that a bond, it starts from one million rent. Mm. That is why you don't get the likes of me and you're playing in that market. Sure. That is why the government ended up doing what they call government retail bonds mm. so that individuals can afford to play in that kind of market. Yeah, yeah. Makwe, let's take a look at uh, what's happening to the Brent crude oil price. Now, uh, many of us are quite happy. Uh, I guess those uh, who are quite interested, you know, in our import intensity and, uh, you know, this uh, importing of inflation, as some people might say, into the South African economy. But the RAND has uh, certainly taken somewhat of a knock uh, over the last few days or so. And uh, happening at a time when the entire world is opening up, uh, and that time, Tinasia Vala, Tinasia Kobosha. Um, and, and the reality of the situation is that, 
you know, we don't determine oil prices. We price takers. Sure. Uh, and if the world is opening up, you know, people are filling up their tanks, moving about yeah. a bit more, and planes yeah. are flying, then, yeah, we're going to have to shoulder higher oil prices, higher fuel prices at the pump at a time when all of us should be shut out at home. No, you are right. And, uh, you know, and jet fuel makes a very significant component when it comes to that market. And yes, economies are opening up, but abroad, half of Australian population is under lockdown, you know. Spain, they just banned some UK travelers as well. Los Angeles just encouraged people mm. to start wearing masks. Hey, so it's not only us, but it's value. Singapore is closing, Malaysia is closing. I'm not saying closing down is the right thing, but you are right. The outlook when it comes to fuel demand looks pretty okay. Hence, we see oil prices being at this elevated levels. And for oil producing countries, I guess that's good news. And it's happening at a time when today we've got that technical meeting of OPEC plus Alice, when the ministers will also meet on Thursday. Mm. And here they are to recommend that the guys must start, you know, increasing supply a little bit, bit by bit. But yes, mm. we get ourselves in a very unfortunate situation as we are price takers. And I'm not sure, I think 40% of our imports are made of oil. I'm subject to correction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it is a, right a, a sizable a chunk. It is a sizable chunk, uh, Marco, enough to influence prices across the entire economy. So it's not just about saying, yeah, maybe me, I don't have a car, so this thing won't affect me. Huh? <laughs> or even the price as just as I was saying of fish oil you'll see I know as I know as like extra spice just in Eh? No, no they'll, compose, explain, they'll explain it to you properly, but it's not that. Okay. Tele. okay, all right, all right. Hands, I checked your Twitter, Mark. Mark, <laughs> no, 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 my people are gonna come through for this. I checked your Twitter. Let, let's talk about this. Um, I guess you know, in the context of uh, uh, these oil prices that we're talking about, we yeah. know there were some discoveries here in South Africa. I mean, a big part, I guess, of our oil is is one imports, and then of course the other is synthetic production uh, of fuel. But um, I'm quite interested. I mean, in your sense of uh, what's been happening with our regulatory process. I mean, if you're finding discoveries, people are going and prospecting uh, in different parts of our shoreline. Um, what does that mean? And uh, where are we in terms of actually putting the rules of the game in place? You know, so that you don't have a, the type of free for all that uh, we've certainly seen in other parts of the world. We need to understand that we've been relying main investments. So the question of getting the laws, the regulation in place, mm. so that at least people know what is the right framework. Mark, but here we are. Why, why aren't we talking, as we talk about these regulations, about a sovereign wealth fund? Because the stuff runs out, right? I mean, you're not going to have sure. infinite gas, infinite gold, mm-hmm. infinite platinum, infinite iron, or infinite manganese. Mm-hmm. Where, where's the sovereign wealth fund? I, I mean, I think we need to give Tito a call. Hey, 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 guys. Because that's what they said. That's what they said after Nazrak. No, true. I think we need to. And you see, at least report nyana. If the if you know if the conference said they must go and investigate, report nyana to say no. We investigated this thing. This thing is uh, feasible. This is the sequence. This is the timeline. These are the things we're sure. gonna do. You know, just at least. Uh, 
Same applies to the state bank, you know. I think at some point the National Treasury made some noise that they're getting somewhere. They should be having some framework very soon, stuff like that. But I didn't hear them talking about the wealth fund because the issue there is we don't even have that money to start it. But yeah, this is an opportunity to use this the This is the one, Makwe. This is the one. Buoyant, buoyant commodity prices. I mean, we, we've seen what, you know, palladium, rhodium, and all of these other PGMs but have but been doing. This is the moment. Look what exactly happened to it. They had a sales drop of 9% for six months. Of because transnet. of that. Exactly. Oh. They're going to miss up on opportunity because the price of coal is going up. The price of iron ore is going up. Mm. You know, they're going to miss to catch or make some money out of Th- those sounds... commodity prices because of the race. Yeah, this sounds like a, a replay of pre-global financial crisis. I mean, the commodity boom of the 2000s. Exactly. You know, people and missed out right. on that. Yeah, the, people missed out on that because of some of the inefficiencies and blockages in our freight rail system, you know, um, and other parts of our network infrastructure. So, <sighs> the more things so, change, the more so, they stay the same. Makwe? Sure, sure. Makwe Masilela there is Chief Investment Officer at Makwe Fund Managers helping us with our wrap of the top business stories. We take a brief break now and when we come back... Uh, we uh, head out uh, to our village and township economy series. And uh, this time around, we are out in Newcastle.